2: hello everyone and welcome back to rotten tomatoes is wrong i am back it's your girl jacqueline and i am here alongside my fearless co-host
3: mr mark ellis how you doing sir Jacqueline, I'm doing great. You know, I have a tuxedo in the closet, and it's it's way in the back. It's got mothballs. Not that anybody watching or listening would have smelled the, the grandpa-like <laughs> scent that my tuxedo now has, but I also decided to go to the gym this morning, and I wasn't going to be the guy was not gonna be the guy that goes tuxedo and then backwards hat. So I had to choose one or the other and I went with the lazier option. James Bond has always been a fashion icon to me and I've never been able to live up to him, unlike our guest who does on a daily basis. And so (laughs) this is just me being me admitting I will never be a double O agent.
2: I appreciate that. I spent the better part of the last four days in suits. So I'm out. (laughs) We're going with a hoodie, cap, and a t-shirt uh, because I, I just can't do it. I this don't know how those most girls do casual it.
3: Casual that you and I have ever looked together. Like one of yeah. us is usually at least looking pretty decent, but today <laughs> we, we, we both look like those. Uh, remember those kids that would like. Remember the junkyard kids that were like the yeah. bad kids that didn't eat Campbell's soup? We're the kids that do not eat Campbell's soup. This
2: is true. I'm okay with being a junkyard kid. They did a comic, I think. Like, didn't they have like a like a cartoon? All right. We're we're, we're just veering off into, <laughs> into that craziness. That's what we should do the episode
3: about. Yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. Well, we're not. We're actually going to be talking about all of the James Bond film, we're going to be doing one of our ranking episodes for folks that remember like we did with like Harry Potter and stuff like that. So this time we're going to be taking on the James Bond canon. And this is, of course, to celebrate the fact that finally, and I do mean finally, after almost... 18 Months of Delay, No Time to Die, Daniel Craig's final installment as James Bond is hitting theaters. So we figured we'd go ahead and take a look at everything that came before. And look, there's a lot (laughs) to break down here. So we're going to give you an overview of like the top films as well as the lowest ones. And to guide us along this as our certified guest this week, we have Mr. Mike Kalinowski. He's the host of the DC Movie News. He's an actor a five Time movie trivia, Schmodown champion. Wow, that's a mouthful. That's and a he's lot. a massive Bond aficionado and maybe has some, you know. Scribblings of his about Bond coming out soon. Uh, Mike, Ooh. sir, welcome to the podcast again. And you've seen our ranking of the bon- James Bond films. What are your thoughts, sir? Is Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes wrong about ranking James Bond?
0: Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, guys. And let me just say this. So I, I went over the Rotten Tomatoes ranking, and I'm going to say this about you guys at Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's a term I picked up recently from my girlfriend and said this, but you guys are choosing violence today <laughs> with this ranking of of these Bond films in the order what? that they're there. This is some violence being chosen here. I have yeah. to say, I am aghast, mortified, befuddled. <laughs> I, I can't even think of any more highbrow words to use against this thing with what this ranking is here. So you are absolutely 100% wrong. And I don't mean just you particularly, whoever came up with this. I know it's a consensus, but my Lord, wow. what is going on here with this list?
2: I'm going to give you another one because I do love that. We chose violence with this list. That is a great way to put it. But I will also say uh, the cheek, the nerve, the audacity, the goal and the gumption. That's a good one. The gall, Uh, the gall and the gumption. That comes from Tasty from RuPaul's Drag Race UK, because my RuPaul's Drag Race references are international, kids. But before we go into that, let's stick with the only international today. Let's just stick with the UK. And I love that that was that synergy. UK drag race, James Bond, I'm feeling it. (laughs) But bringing it back to the matter at hand, uh, Mark, why don't you break down for us what the top 10 of the ranking is for folks that want to visit the whole ranking. You can go to RottenTomatoes.com where we rank all 26 James Bond films so far, soon to be 27.
3: Look, after all of those big words that y'all just used, I don't have the neuroplasticity necessary to continue this diatribe. So I will simply, to quote Judge Judy, say, Yeah, uh uh uh. Nah-uh. James Bond is a guy, he's a he's a he's a super spy, he goes all around the world and he stops global disasters and he goes up against some of the most nefarious villains that we've ever seen in novel or cinematic history starting with, of course, Dr. No, and then we went on from there. We've had a number of different great actors play James Bond, and they all are represented somewhere in the top 10. I say all, that's going to upset Jacqueline because she has another James Bond performer that she counts as canon, as does this Rotten Tomatoes list. So let's get into the top 10 here. Let's get to the good news first. Coming in at number one on the tomato meter, 99% certified fresh, Goldfinger. Doesn't get any better than that. And then number two on the list is the original film, anyway. Dr. No, 95%. At number three is From Russia With Love, which is the second movie. So we got the top three are the first three. From Russia With Love, also 95%. And then Mr. Daniel Craig, our current for the time being. James Bond comes in at number four on the list with Casino Royale. That's 94%, certified fresh. Number five is, once again, Daniel Craig. Skyfall is 92%. We go back to Connery for number six with Thunderball at 86%. George Lazenby enters the list at number seven, 81%. And that is, of course, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which I actually am a huge fan of. We then get Roger Moore's first entry on the top 10. At 80% is The Spy Who Loved Me. Pierce Brosnan comes in with his first entry in the James Bond series. GoldenEye is 79%. That should be higher. At least the video game should be higher. And then Timothy Dalton is number 10 with License to Kill from 1989. But we cannot get out of this without remembering the Bonds that misfired. Just a hair. Number 26, the lowest James Bond film on the tomato meter. Jacqueline, it is Casino Royale starring David Niven as James Bond. 26% rotten. It's got him. It's got Peter Sellers. How is that possible? Number 25, the second lowest James Bond movie is A View to Kill. 38%. 38%. That's got Roger Moore. 24% is Octopussy, one of the most famous titles in Bond history. 42% Rotten, number 23 on the list. The Man with the Golden Gun, 40%. Once again, that's Roger Moore. Number 22 on the list is producer Lucy's favorite James Bond film of all time. The World is Not Enough, 52% Rotten. So overall, James Bond doing pretty well on the tomato meter, all things considered. I mean, you got 26, 27 movies that we're looking at, and he, he's got some rotten ones, but mostly James Bond, pretty fresh fella.
2: All righty, then. I agree with you that James Bond is a fresh fellow. Listen, uh, before we go any further, because you gave her a shout out in the synopsis, uh, we have to go ahead and say hello to producer Lucy as I sit here and lick my wounds about
4: that original Casino Royale
2: score. <laughs> Lucy, how you doing?
4: I'm, I'm doing well. Um, the world is not enough, though. I, this morning, I listened to the official music video, the band Garbage, with that red-headed singer lady. I don't know her name. Sorry. Shirley Manson. There you go. Mm. Um, sh- I listened to that about seven times this morning to prepare. That was <laughs> the song and is still the song that comes up in my head when I'm just like cleaning or walking or whatever. It, it, it's affected me. It's affected me. Also, the the is I don't know if she's French, but the but the the Bond woman in the world is not enough. Sophie uh, Marceau. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, the hottest woman in the world. Okay, don't disagree so with you there. Do not.
0: Well, disagree Well, is there with a Bond there. girl that's not beautiful? I mean, true, that, true, true. That's true, true. a given.
2: <laughs> that is a given. Um, I have this theory about the song versus the movie, and if the song is exceptional. The movie is usually not. There are very few ones that sort of like defy that. Um, Skyfall being one of them, but that's one we'll get into mine. Um, Mike, what yes. about you? Which film do you think is going to be number one since you are so
0: against this list? I'm Which sure you Which one have. do I think should be number one?
2: Yes. Is, is number one even in the top 10 for you? Let's
0: see here. Oh, I, I, my list was a little different. Maybe I'm a... So we, I have Goldfinger number one. Well, I see why people put Goldfinger. I feel it's... Uh, uh, since we're in the combative mood today, I feel people put it there because it's the best of Connery. Um, it does kind of set it, it was the film in bond kind of lore that set the template going forward for what they were going to be with like the villain with the major big plot, mm. like from Russia with love and Dr. Noah kind of smaller scale spy stuff. Um, we're where, gold fingers kind of seen as like the template of bond going forward mm. with like the henchman with odd job. And um, so I see why it's there. I wouldn't put it I'll, It might be top 10 for me. Maybe. Uh, are we going to talk about like our favorite bonds? Cause I might, cause violence real early on and probably have people tune me out with what I say about Connery.
2: Let's just start with your favorite one. Okay.
0: I'm going to put, and it should be there, uh, The Living Daylights. Timothy Dalton's first outing. Should be the top Bond film hands Hmm. down. Hands down. I say this because everything, the kind of quote I use about Timothy Dalton and his films, I say that he is the Daniel Craig Bond before Daniel Craig was Bond. Everything people love about Daniel Craig Timothy Dalton was bringing to it. And the one difference that separates them is he has the more of a a Ian Fleming look for what Bond was supposed to be. Whereas Daniel Craig kind of has this kind of bull in a china shop about him, which works. (laughs) It does work for him. And he kind of evolved into the more suave Bond. But Timothy Dalton for me and Living Daylight should be number one.
2: All right. Uh, Mark, I I dare to ask because Mike is already going quite controversial off the get, putting
3: some <laughs> Dalton in there. It's a hot take, but it's some good backup that he brings. And I agree because, you know, Timothy Dalton is just more debonair than Daniel Craig looks. Daniel Craig is the only Bond in history that actually looks like he was up drinking martinis all night yeah. before he <laughs> goes and solves whatever crime he's got to do. I am going to go with Goldfinger. I am going to go with the one that set the template, as Mike said, for all of the James Bonds to follow. But more than that, it's also just such a great story. I love that we're going to, you know, we, we have Fort Knox here. We have a guy named Arik Goldfinger. Arik is the guy's name. That's who we're going after. And he's just got this crazy scheme. We start out, I believe, uh, we we're on vacation in Miami Beach at one point. We get to we get to meet odd job. We get we get to do all of these things that the first two movies set up who James Bond was with Dr. No from Russia with Love, also a big From Russia with Love fan. I almost took Thunderball to the movie that I believe was released next in order after Goldfinger. But if it's a tie between Thunderball and Goldfinger, Thunderball was the first Bond movie I ever saw. But I think that Goldfinger is still, that's the one that I say, if you want to know who James Bond is and you want to have a great time watching a Bond movie, That's the one you can turn your brain off and enjoy, but you can also go through what Bond is experiencing and you can bring a little intellect to that movie as well. It's a fun movie. It's the best James Bond movie, and it belongs at the top of the tomato meter where it is at 99 percent.
2: Okay, man, I'm going to go so controversial because y'all have both (laughs) like kind of dissed the bonds that I'm putting towards the top. First of all, Sean Connery is incredible. I love Dr. No. I think that is actually my favorite Sean Connery of the um, of his first three with Thunderball, Goldfinger. But they're all great. And I know he is the best in a lot of people's estimation. James Bond, obviously not Mike, but most other people go with uh, him. Also, License to Kill is a movie that I've watched I don't know, hundreds of times. And I also really enjoyed the fact that the Bond girl in that one actually looked like she had a brain. <laughs> uh, sorry, like le- legitimately looked like she had a brain, not like, what's her name? Uh, Denise Research who supposedly oh, had a brain and oh, I couldn't God. believe a single minute of that. Like she actually looked like she had a brain and like it was believable in that. Is she but not a nuclear physicist
3: in real life? She's supposed to be
2: <laughs> uh, oh, in the movie. Um, no, I thought she was. No, no, definitely not. Next one for me though for the top <laughs> of the list is actually because it's it's because it's bigger than the movie and that's Goldeneye. Now, before you start dissing because I know a lot of people felt like this is when Bond got cartoonish. Let me remind you. Goldeneye is the reason why you kids play Halo. It's the reason why you kids play all your first-person shooters because it was the very first first first-person shooter video game that sort of, like, really broke through to the mainstream. It was the one that really sort of showed that James Bond could transcend what we saw in the theaters outside of the things that it got us to buy that he was wearing. Like, yes, people went out and got Aston Martins and wanted to wear suits because of watching a Sean Connery, but really with Goldeneye, it showed that, like, James Bond was its own sort of IP that everybody wanted to be a part of, whether it was playing the video game or whether it was driving the cars. Also with Goldeneye, I might add, we had a female vi- villain with another great name, on a top.
4: Yeah, Natasha
2: on a top loved her. Um, also loved the fact that, you know, James Bond is like hitting on his psychiatrist. And the song with Tina Turner, excellent, excellent, excellent song, pretty good movie. Also the Bond girl was also smart. She was the one that cracked the code because she was a hacker. It was greatness. It was greatness all the way around. All of the things that to me make a good Bond. And then of course Pierce Brosnan just looks really great in a suit. Um, It was before we saw his singing voice in Mamma Mia. So he was he was he was un he was untainted as just hot smooth suave and debonair. Um, and a very close second for me is Skyfall because for all the things I love about GoldenEye, it, it did all of the quintessential Bond things the best. Skyfall was the opposite where it's it sort of um, um, took the expectation of what a Bond movie was and just tossed it on its head, and it still managed to be an absolutely incredible, incredible film. So. Those are my two favorites for like completely opposite reasons, but I have such love in my in my heart for Goldeneye. Are you all sh- I, I
3: I think it still might be one of, if not the most important Bond movie because it did resurrect the franchise in a way and just bring it to a new generation because like i i knew timothy dalton had been james bond i rented those movies when i was a little kid but it's like that was the first bond movie i saw in the theater and i think a lot of our generation got to know james bond and what an event a new james bond movie is yes. from seeing golden and so and and that opening scene where he's like doing the jump it's just like yes. it just locks you into who james bond is it's a lot of fun
2: Oh, and we get a Sean Bean death. I can't believe I forgot that. Sean Bean dies in the movie. And any movie that Sean Bean dies in is an A plus movie. All right. Yep. But let's not take my word for it. Hopefully, Tim is gonna back me up with this. Of course, I'm talking about Tim Ryan, our review curation manager. He's gonna take us back through what the critics have been saying about Bond for the better part of 60 years. So uh let's go ahead and take it away with a little segment we like to call Two Minutes with Tim.
1: Even if James Bond is arguably the definitive movie character, any franchise that dates back nearly 60 years is bound to have its ups and downs. So let's break down some of the peaks and valleys of the 007 franchise. The best reviewed film is Goldfinger, which is certified fresh at 99%. The worst reviewed is A View to a Kill, which is rotten at 38%, unless you count the 1967 Casino Royale as part of the Bond series, which many don't. But for the record, that one's rotten at 26%. Taking a quick look at Daniel Craig's four outings as James Bond, the best reviewed is Casino Royale, which is certified fresh at 94%, and the worst reviewed is Spectre, which is still fresh, but at 63%. So what did the critics have to say about the last two? In a fresh review for Casino Royale, Andrew Saras of the New York Observer wrote, I consider Daniel Craig to be the most effective and appealing of the six actors who've played 007, and that includes even Sean Connery. However, in a rotten review for Spectre, Peter Rayner of the Christian Science Monitor wrote, if one of the most successful and long-running franchises in a movie history wants to keep pumping, it's once again time to change the formula. So that's a quick overview of the highs and lows of the Bond franchise. Let's kick it back to Jacqueline and Mark. Now those are names to die for. <laughs> ah, that's our Tim.
2: I love it. Um, I'm glad that he I was literally like getting I was like when he said of you to kill, I was literally about to come out of my seat. And he's like, but many don't. But many do, Tim. (laughs) Many do consider Casino Royale part of the canon. I will I will die upon this hill. But we will get to that (laughs) when we talk about the films individually and sort of break down where our rankings lie. So let's go ahead and uh, move on over to our movie talk section. Brian. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. We will get heated on the original Casino Royale. Trust and best <laughs> belief. But <laughs> let's take a, a, a like a real quick peek at the ranking. And Mike, you've already been slightly controversial, but of the 10, yes. like which ones are you trying to like kick out? So the like top 10 here? Yeah, the top 10 here. Like which, which um, of those first 10 are you like, okay, easily. these need to be off the list? And which, okay, so three in, three out. I'll give you that.
0: Okay, so three in, three out. Thunderball's going. Ooh. Um. I got to take out License to Kill. Oh. <laughs> but, but I do love that film. But License to Kill's got to go, and Thunderball and, you No, know, you know I'm gonna Thunderball's got to go. Doctor
3: No's got to go. Wow.
0: Oh, God,
3: you're gonna. This is why we. This is why we love having a huge Bond fan on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I just love to torture him. You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna. Throw Goldfinger out of there!
2: Wow,
0: you are the
2: Connery shade
0: boy. I I gotta say this of the Bonds, he's my least favorite, and I know, I know he's there would be no Bond without Connery. I know that, and I know he's a product of the '60s, and I know he's a product of the '70s. But you know, you diamonds are forever. He's showing up in a blue seersucker suit and sideburns, and every like (laughs) uh, his films like. What I love about Bond is it's generational and and it's time pockets of our they're time capsules of our of our world over the past sixty years. Some of his films, you know, the 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 way that the the treatment of c- certain characters doesn't not age well at all. true. You know, um, <laughs> true. But you got to look at it at the time it was made, and I get that. But like his fighting doesn't work for me at all. Like, when, when Lazenby finally came in and you see, he's like, oh, there's a Bond that knows how, there's an athlete who knows how to fight. And I know. He could fight. I yeah. know Connery was, a, was a, like either a boxer or a swimmer. Like, he's an athlete. But it just didn't translate on screen. His, his fighting looked like, hey, you guys hold each other and kind of wrestle back and forth. Mm. Like, when, when Lazenby came in and kicked some ass on that beach scene. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the Connery one's got to go for me. I'll take those three
1: out of there. <sighs>
4: sleeping dogs now on digital that sleepingdogsmovie.com
2: slash Wondery. yeah apparently lazenby was the one that threw like the worst like the best punches that's what he they was said. great like yeah. he, he can actually fight punches. yeah and like, yeah. like I said
3: that beach scene it's like there, there's no hiding it there's no shaky cam that, that's not right. like gonna let you get away with stuff like those are actual stunts that that, that George lazenby's performing and yeah. the, the guy like he's got a martial arts or a boxing background you can tell
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a great documentary um, that talks about, first of all, the search to make him the James Bond or sort of like not the search, I should say the efforts to make him the James Bond, because he was basically kind of like discovered he was he was a model. And somebody was like, yeah, no, that looks like a James Bond. And then they just worked really hard to like bring up his acting and everything else. And basically they said that all of his physical stuff, he was able to sort of achieve. But the biggest knock of Her Majesty's Secret Service is that he just didn't feel as a confident James Bond, like it was in himself. And then unfortunately, because the film was not, was the first one after Connery and a lot of people just were like, where's Sean Connery? And I'm mad that there's no Sean Connery. It really affected him negatively. So check out that documentary, um, breaking down uh, what happened to him and just, yeah, his life sort of after that, it kind of ruined his life a little bit being James Bond, which is really, really sort of sad. Mark, what about you? If you could kick three of these out of bed to bring in three others, what do you got?
3: Mm, well, I I don't think I'm I'm going to try to wedge in any of the other Daniel Craig films um, because I do feel like we peaked with Casino Royale and Skyfall, and then we had some, some lows with Quantum of Solace and Spectre. I might take out... I might do Mike a favor here, and I might take out License to Kill and replace that with his Timothy Dalton movie, The Living Daylights. I... Can live with Thunderball not being in the top 10? I am a big, I think Never Say Never Again is just so cool to have an older James Bond, to have Sean Connery back. I mm-hmm. think that Never Say Never Again belongs. I think it's better than some of the other Connery movies. So like, I like You Only Live Twice, but I think that Never Say Never Again is just more interesting of a movie to me. And then I want to put another Roger, maybe I'll take Moonraker out. Wait, Moonraker's mm. not in there, is it? No, Moonraker's not in the top ten. Moonraker's not in there. I'm not going to put Moonraker in there. But That'd be might... awesome if it was. I, yeah, I, I think I'll put Live and Let Die in there then. Okay. Ooh. Over Moonraker. Yeah. Okay. That's a, and, and that that's me leaning a little bit to the song, but my family going to say, like, how yeah. much is this the yeah. song? Well, my family's not happy with me because I prefer the Guns N' Roses version to the Paul McCartney version, but (laughs) I still think that the uh, the the movie is it's a cool movie. I I think it's classic Roger Moore era James Bond.
2: Okay, Um, for me, I will quibble with the order of some of these, but there's too much Connery and y'all are gonna be mad for me for saying there's too much Roger Moore on this list because I hate Roger Moore as James Bond all of his movies bother me sorry I've just never been about him as James Bond he just always struck me as like I don't know I don't like you so bye bye Roger Moore I think it's too it's not even the blonde. blonde it's just I just didn't believe him as James Bond, I never did. I always felt like this is just yeah. an actor playing James Bond. Whereas in with Lazenby and with Connery, I
0: suspend it. And with Timothy Dalton, it's funny you say that with, with more and, and who he was and all his interviews. I don't think he would disagree with you. Yeah, I think he like he like he even says like I show up and I was like, do I do my left eyebrow up or my right eyebrow up for this yeah. scene? Like he's a very like knew what it was going in. He had to make it as different from Connery and 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 yeah yeah. So I, yeah. I don't think he would disagree with you.
2: Yeah, so I'm not saying I hate those films. I just am like, there's no top ten list that needs a Roger Moore film on there. We can definitely get out. Uh, I would just pick one of the top three Connery films. I think they're all pretty interchangeable. But as much as I like like parts of Doctor No, there's some parts of it I really don't like. So I would pick that one out. And yeah, the Spy Who Loved Me, Gone. That I think everything else I'm okay with. And yes. I'm going to put Casino Royale in there oh, just I'm to piss hear. people I, I'm off. I'm done. It's going to be number ten, <laughs> but I'm going to put it in there. Um, and the other one that I would put in there that's not on this list,
3: I will say because you're you're shading Roger more hard in the top ten. I want to kick a view. I I, I want to kick. Maybe I'll kick Octopussy out of the bottom five. Is it a great movie? No, but I want to kick it out of the bottom five. I don't think it, it deserves that kind of hate.
2: I mean, at least he, he had a Black Bond girl in Live and De- Die, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. And
3: and yeah, and and Roger Moore, by his own admission, said, look, I'm too old to be like hooking up with these young girls. Like he was the one who's like, look, yeah. this is a little creepy now. And so Roger Moore, if nothing else, classy as James Bond, but also classy as Roger Moore.
2: Yeah, and actually, I'll take that back. So I'm going to kick out Dr. No, and I'm going to kick out Roger Moore, but I'm going to bring back in Diamonds Are Forever and pull a mark and do it mostly just for the Shirley Bassey song, (laughs) which is fucking dope.
3: That's now pulling a mark. Diamonds Are Forever you're
2: putting in there? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to put Diamonds Are Forever in there. Mostly just for the song. I said mostly just for the song. (laughs) Oh, gosh. If Mark can put in Live and Let Die for the song...
3: Yeah, but my my pick didn't drive Mike crazy. Mark, Mark, oh, I didn't get to you. Mark, "Live and Let Die" has got a
0: slide whistle. Yeah, for it does. God's sake, he does his car loop, and he's like, "Woo!" Mm-hmm. A slide yep. whistle, sir.
4: You're not thinking. I
0: sure am, boy. Never heard of evil can evil. And you know a James what? Bond movie. I've, I've Get out of here. I've been watching murderers
2: only left in the building and they have that piano or or, or organ thing in there. And there's like a whole storyline about like what are the bad instruments to include? So if that piano organ thing can be like the thing from like Amelie, it's not an organ. It's like the tiny organ. Oh, gosh. It's come on, certified. <laughs> like I need the ketchup crew to remind me what the name of this is. But anyway, <laughs> he's like playing that. I'm like, look, Interesting instruments. I appreciate it. I appreciate that they're going for it. Um, Live and Let Die
3: also has arguably the riskiest Bond stunt that I've ever seen, at least in the Roger Moore. Okay, yeah, that it does actually had a stunt man hopping crocodiles, folks, hopping crocodile live actual crocodiles. uh,
0: Mark, it's Mm. when you bring that up, because I was watching those and and my girlfriend's next to me and and she's not a bond fan she just kind of and she's watching she's like wait a minute is he running across crocodiles Mm -hmm. is that like there's there's no wires i was like and i showed her kind of the behind the scenes where the guy did it like five times and he fell a couple of them Mm yeah and she's like that's insane i was like that's yeah
3: there are two ways to disable a crocodile you know
4: I, um, I don't suppose you care to share that information with me? Well, one way is to take a pencil and jam it in the depression hole behind his
0: eye. And the other?
3: Oh, the other's twice as simple. You just put your hand in his mouth and pull his teeth out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome.
2: I'm more even for, as much as I'm like, give it up for Roger Moore's stuntman, we'll get to that. Um, one of the reasons why I love Daniel Craig is for his own physicality. One of the reasons why yep. he said he was ready to slit his wrist rather than do the movie again was because of how much of the movie he gave of himself. Um, I am not mad at him for wanting to just be the southern foghorn leghorn detective for a few movies <laughs> after doing this. Because guess what? No stunts. He's just nope. talking a lot, right? All right, so let's go ahead and break it down. Since you've already alluded to a favorite Bond, least favorite Bond. Mike,
0: go. Uh, Timothy Dalton, hands Timothy down favorite Dalton. Bond. Okay. He's the Bond, yeah. Uh, and my least favorite is Connery. Wow.
2: <gasps> Internet, know, be kind to. Him.
0: I know I'm gonna get it. I I've got yeah. I know. I know I'm gonna get it. I know. But you have to understand, like like I said, it's generational. Like um, Moore was the first Bond I saw in theaters, and so I fell in love with Bond through Moore. Then I went into Timothy Dalton. I was old enough; as was hitting my teens, where I was just like, "Oh, this is for me." Then, like you guys had said with Goldeneye, like you don't remember there was like no internet before Goldeneye. Like around that time, like you could get news and you knew stories that was coming on. That was f- like the opening uh, damn jump in Goldeneye would have been spoiled on the internet. It would have been in the you know, yeah, we would have known it. We would have seen it. And so, but to see that happen in the film for the first time, and then I love Craig and I love Pierce Brosnan. So yeah, Connery's and again, this is this is like sliding scale because they're all great in their own ways and what they bring. And Lazenby, what I love about Lazenby is people have come around to him in recent years in his film. That that film got destroyed when it first came out because he wasn't Connery. But now when people go back, it's a great, one of the best stories with Bond being married and his wife dying. Like, it's a great story. Uh, And it's come around. People have come around to him as Bond and and they know the history of what happened and kind of he wasn't an actor. So,
3: but yeah, Connery's at the bottom for me. I think it speaks volumes. None of us are kicking on Her Majesty's Secret Service out of the top no. ten. Because I do think that movie holds up in a way that, like Absolutely. you said, the close quarters combat scenes and just stepping into a huge role it, with a giant shadow yes. overcasting you. I think that he adjudicated himself well. And I also think it's it's sort of unfair. And Jacqueline's going to love me for saying this, that I can't say that Niven or Lazenby would be the worst James Bond simply because we we, we really didn't get a chance to, to let them spread their wings as Bond. And so unfortunately, I do have to say, I think Roger Moore would be my least favorite. And if you want me to go super hot take, I, I want to take Connery because he's the OG, but I'll say it like, for everything that I knew James Bond to be as a kid, that is exactly who I saw on screen with Pierce Brosnan as James Bond for the first time. He luckily survived the run-by fruiting from Mrs. Doubtfire, and now <laughs> he gets to do all these cool things. It's just that, just as James Bond, I'm going to give it to Pierce Brosnan, but those movies after, go, Tomorrow Never Dies is okay, but after those, it's like, it just get me out of this world because we're getting into Batman and Robin, Batnipples mm. kind of feeling territory. <laughs> so just as yeah. far as Batman, or just as far as Batman, just as far as Bond goes, I'm going to give it to... Pierce Brosnan, and I will regret that five minutes after saying it.
2: Wow. OK, Um. I will go ahead and say my favorite James Bond is I'm just going to be very basic is Sean Connery. Thank you. Um, Somebody it, had
3: to do it. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I will say that my favorite James Bond is Sean Connery, just because when I think about what James Bond is, he's the first one that comes to mind. It doesn't mean that I don't love uh, Pierce. But when I look at like, OK, you look at all of their films the lowest of what Connery gave us, like I'm doing this as an average, the lowest of what Connery gave us is still better than than the lowest of what Roger, honestly, what anything that Roger Moore gave us. So, and the lowest Connery is still better than most of what Pierce Brosnan gave us. So (laughs) I really am like judging that as an average because they all have low films. They all have one of the films that doesn't work. But let me go ahead and say, bringing it back to the 1967 Casino Royale, which I love, all of the major characters in that were called James Bond, David Niven's, Peter Sellers, Ursula Andress, uh, Woody Allen was even James Bond, uh, and because of that, my dark horse second choice is David Niven as James Bond because he was so fun. I loved him, and he was and he was old, but he was funny. And he was, like, hooking up with these Scottish chicks. And I just loved it. I loved the comedy of it. Like, I loved, I loved, I loved it. So, yes, I it's love David Niven
0: as James Bond. How much you do love uh, Connery and, and also Niven and uh, Casino Royale. But I don't see you mentioning Connery's uh, swan song of Never Say Never Again. True. Do you consider that canon? Because let's, let's talk about that bad yeah, boy. Yeah, there's some
3: debate there. I mean, You want to talk yeah. about...
0: He could have got out on Diamonds Are Forever and like, yes. all right, I'm going to have my, you know, I'm a little pudgy. I got my sideburns, but I'm going to go <laughs> and full on embarrass myself <laughs> o- over 10 years later with that thing.
2: Never Say Never Again Oof. is not great. I will say that.
3: Is that but, Michael Jordan playing for the Wizards?
2: <laughs> yes. It's more Brett Favre playing for the Jets. Okay. <laughs> It's more okay. Brett Favre playing for the Jets. Like, Michael Jordan with the Wizards was just for ticket sales. Brett Favre at least <laughs> took the Jets to the playoffs. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? They both could still
3: play. They, they yeah. almost made the playoffs. The Jets did not make the playoffs. Oh, they the did Vikings, not. But,
2: what did he get? Yeah. He made the playoffs with? The, the Vikings did. With the, the Vikings. Sorry. It was Brett with the Vikings. Sorry. Yeah. Like that. At least they made it to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So, I would say it was still there. There were still, like, shots of greatness. They all have bad ones, but... Never say never again is still better than Live and Let Die. It's still better than Quantum Solace. It's
3: still better than Ooh. the last
2: two of What's His Names movies. Brosnan. Um Brosnan. The World Is Not Enough.
3: <laughs> you just what's his named him? Wow. I, yeah. Like, yeah, I did. Yeah.
2: Well. What's his him Because it's the Wednesday after the Emmys and I've been oh, up no, every no, day I, this week. I, I was gonna, at gonna say the
3: world is The World Is Not Enough deserves to have him be whats his name oh. as does Die Another Day. I, I'm just Girl. not. Just just Die Another of jumped Day the shark
2: had Holly Berry, though, didn't it?
3: Yes. It had It had Jinxie, but it also had, I think, the disappearing car in that one, and it just, That's I don't know. Shitter. It felt like we were, it, it, if we weren't jumping the shark, the Fonz was warming his motorcycle up but with it, Die Another Day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that film. It's probably one of my least favorites. But also, when I look at the Bond films, it, th- like the story of bond being given up by mi6 and he spent you know, 18 months in north korea like there's good story to, like there's good stuff there that just well, who knows what happened towards the end of the film but like the, the story that took bond to a place he hadn't been yet like had yeah. been given up um and on his own and and so and also living living let uh, our world is not enough i think that gets unfairly maligned. like there's a lot like the stuff with m and And Electric King with all that. Her name was
2: Christmas. Christmas Her name was Christmas. And Christmas
0: only comes once a year, he thought. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was all for that joke, probably. I can't. Don't get me wrong. I don't put it in the top 15, 20 of my films. But at the end, I'll say something about all the Bond films that kind of wraps up how my consensus on all of them are.
2: Okay. Favorite Bond girl, then, since I'm dissing on Christmas so much. Oh. Mark, you got one? Yeah, go Mark first. I, got, I
3: I got one that is that that might feel like a a spicy take, but there's also a reason why I bring this person up. And it's because Diana Rigg as Tracy Bond in the George Lazenby movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Again, there's just an emotional weight that you get with her that you don't get with a lot of the Bond girls, not all of them, but but, but some of the Bond girls. And she also happens to also be Olenna Tyrell from Game of Thrones. So you talk about a great yeah. career. And we've seen a lot of Bond folks get into Game of Thrones, like Jonathan Price. But I think Diana Rigg was just so great. But it, but she's not really the classic mold of a Bond girl. So if you need someone... Like, I'm very tempted to take Pussy Galore because I... I mean, come on, that name is pretty great. But it's also from Goldfinger. And so I think I can... I, I'd be happy saying either either Tracy Bond or Pussy Galore, but let's give a shout out to Moonraker's Ridiculous and Over the Top, but Holly Goodhead's a lot of fun.
2: Okay. Uh, I I don't know if Mike is still thinking, but I will go ahead and say my favorite um, Bond girl is Carrie Lowell for License to Kill because, again, she had a brain. Um, And she's done other really cool things that I've liked. Uh, By the way, she was the dead mom in Sleepless in Seattle. People forget that one.
3: She was the dead mom. Yeah. in sleepless in Seattle. Like, there's you know, the a dead mom. Oh, you mean his wife? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Like his well, first his wife. wife. Yeah. The kid's mom. Yeah. Yeah. The kid's mom. Like, yeah. I was like, wait, Tom Hanks. Is that broken up over no, his mom?
4: No, dying? the kid's
2: mom. The kid's mom. Tom Hanks, first wife. The one that he was like, there's no secondary magic. Uh, I love you, mom. She, if
3: you're listening. She... I love you.
2: <laughs> she probably is. Uh. I liked her. She had short hair. She wasn't boobs out to here. She was smart. She also was one of the few women that ordered James's drink. She had to order a drink for him, and she had to be, like, shaken, not stirred. That was super cute. Yeah. And my next one is Ursula Andress because she was in Dr. No and Casino Royale. So that makes her a double bond girl. She's the dopest. All
0: right. Uh, I have two, and because it's... you know, I love and I love the term Bond girl and Bond woman. And there was a uh, Carrie Lowell had done a, a or Miriam Mar- Diavo, who's in Living Delights, did this big special on the Bond girls. And it's so funny. You know, some people think of Bond films is sexist. And, and definitely you see the evolution of a Bond woman in the films. And but every woman that was a Bond woman loves it and they love what it brings to them. And they go on like some are ambassadors all over the world because of it. And so for me, it's like every woman in these films are Bond women, even if they're small parts. Uh, so mm-hmm. me, my first one is, it was my first Bond film I saw in a theater with my grandfather's Octopus. And it was the first Bond girl I was exposed to. Her name was Bianca. by mm. Tina. Her name was Tina Hudson. She was in octopus. Bond's captured. He's being taken in the military Jeep. And she drives up. She's in this white dress. She's like this Latin woman with this black, thick hair, driving up next to the van. And she like reveals her leg. And the driver looks at it. And Bond kind of like makes him look at her. And he attaches their parachutes. And they fly off. But so for me, that was my first exposure. And as a, gosh, I think I was probably 10 at the time or 11. You know, as a Mm. kid, that's like it just stuck with me. But then as now I've gone back over time and watched all the Bond films. My favorite Bond girl is in For Your Eyes Only. And it's Carol Bouquet, who played Melina Havelock. Like there's just something about her. Um, It's the classic story, you know. Of you know her parents are murdered and she shows up with that crossbow and she saves Bond and she does that one her first reveal she takes her head off and she, her hair comes out uh, so seeing that and it's so funny knowing things later in life that you find out like there's all scenes where they're being dragged by a boat they're tied up her and Bond and dragged through mm-hmm. the ocean and her ears couldn't handle underwater so all of those scenes underwater were filmed dry
4: I wouldn't make it we both will. Get back to the sub, fast. I'll stall him. Oh, so wow.
0: if you watch it now, you can't, I, and you I still cannot tell. Like, so her and Roger Moore were never underwater for all those scenes. And they were filming like a dry tank. But for me, there's just something about her in that movie. And it's funny because Roger Moore gets a joke a lot. Like he's a clown. And that was a serious Bond film for him. Like mm. the scene where he pushes Locke, his car's dangling on the edge of the cliff. And he throws the pin in there because it's a he killed a friend of his and he kicks the car off and Moore and him had a big debate the director over would Bond do something like this and he's like my Bond wouldn't but uh, so that film just there's there's a lot of lot of a lot of darkness to that film but it's it still kind of keeps the Moorish of Moore. And I think you um, also geez, had you had a film. very
3: impressive step forward for for a Bond for a Bond leading female yeah. with the Roger Moore movie. I think it was uh, it was the Spy Who Loved Me with, with, with Anya masova right? Oh. Because that's like the first sort of like you can you, you can you can butt heads with Bond. You can you can match him intellectually. You yeah. can serve mm-hmm. a purpose here besides just being eye candy. And if you transition into like Bond girls, if they can be villains, they can be dark. Then I mean, Famke Jansen just. Killing people with her legs. With that's that is why you get the Suzanne Summers Thigh Master kids, <laughs> so you can kill people with your abductors and your adductors.
2: Uh, I will say, I just have to put it out there: Terry Hatcher and Denise Richards are my least favorite. I'm
3: okay, sure they're so nice they said, ladies. Okay, but I'm just yeah. not about either one of them. I was cool them. with Terry Hatcher. Fantastic.
0: No. It just that seemed like a casting of the time. Like, she was popular off Lois and Clark. Like, let's popular. put her in this. Well,
2: was it Lois and Clark or was she popular off of Um Desperate Housewives? That? that was Lois and Clark. Lois I guess. Clark, yeah, right? it was 97, yeah, yeah. so Lois yeah. and Clark.
0: But yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, she's a popular TV actress, put her in. She just didn't fit.
2: No. And Denise yeah. Richards, it was off of Wild Things. Yeah. Like, it was right so after was like, Wild Things. No, 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 oh, no, no, no.
3: Michelle Yao was great.
2: Yes, Michelle oh, Yao. Yeah is kick-ass and, and amazing that's,
3: yes that's probably the highlight of tomorrow never dies for me honest is just just is just having her do again it's like so fun to see people who actually know how to like pull off all those fight scenes it's just she is awesome in that movie
4: oh
2: rosamund pike is a bond girl mm-hmm. in one of them right
3: yeah uh, which one die another
2: day die another day that's right okay all right. yes I love Rosamund Pike. I I love, love, love her. I've loved her since Pride and Prejudice and long before, but I just, I think she's the greatest. Um, Let's see. Fave villain, Mike, you got.
3: Ooh. I have to say, well, it's... Somebody's got to say Jaws, right? We got to go with Jaws. I'm going to say, I'm going (laughs) to go with uh, Raul Silva. um, Oh,
2: yeah. Javier Bardem. That was was literally who I was going to go for. Yeah. Wow.
0: His scene where he's like, you know is he bisexual is he whatnot? not no he like, was
2: very bad Come oh man that whole, the,
0: the yeah. whole scene where he's just coming down in the elevator and he's just about the rats eating the coconut the rats eating the coconut <laughs> yeah like that whole scene and the one scene it kills me every damn time so m's got him captured and you know he's it's all going according to his plan and he looks at it and he's like you're smaller than i remember like yeah. it's brilliant <laughs> brilliant
2: yeah, yeah and He's then when he perform. takes his face thingy off oh, that it, is like
0: I, you brought that up and i love that because that for me is for Bond films they always had either a deformity or 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 something yeah. about them and it's funny because if you hear historians about bond films they kind of go against that it's like with i think it's called ableism where it's like they had yeah. to make the villain handicapped and the hero perfect and and yeah. it's a tra- not a tradition but it always happened so when that happened it was
3: kind of a throwback to the old Bond films where like the, the villain always had something wrong with them. And, and, and yeah. a great, great joke in Austin Powers, which is, and a villain with a physical defect. It's just, yeah. just a. I mean, you talk about lampooning James Bond and, yeah. and that's the ultimate compliment is to yeah. not just have one spoof movie, to have a very billion dollar franchise, successful yeah. franchise spoofing right. Bond movies. That is a credit to James Bond as much as it is Mike you, Myers and his comedic genius. It's because funny, that's Mark,
2: Oh, go ahead. Mike. I know.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, like I said, my girlfriend who had I had done a rewatch of all these films, and she had never seen them, so she's watching them. We're watching. Uh, you only live twice. But she's and, seen Austin Powers. Yeah. So she's like, yeah. Wait a minute. The volcanoes, the base, and all these villains, like, <laughs> that's like an Austin Powers. So she got a reverse of it, and and I didn't. It never dawned on me that she never saw these. She's like, Oh yeah, this is the. These are the films. And she's like, and so to see her go through, is like in the sharks with laser beams and the live and let die over the shark tank. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it was, she's like, this is incredible. So it was so fun to see a a person have to go reverse it.
4: Yeah.
2: I don't know about my favorite villain, but my favorite line is like, is this supposed to make me talk? No, Bond, I expect you to die. That is one of my favorite (laughs) lines of a villain (laughs) ever given though. But no, I agree, uh, Raul Silva. Uh, Again, also with a second with Anna Top. She literally kills people with sex. I'm, I'm sorry, that's amazing. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a villain for the ages, right there. Not the um, worst way to go. Not the worst way to go. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about my favorite part, which is the theme songs. And there are just mm. so many great ones. Um, I got to give it
3: up to my favorite villain, real quick. Real Wait, quick. Oh, I'm sorry,
2: Mike. I, oh, Mark, I forgot to ask you. Well, yeah, what is okay. your
3: favorite villain? It's okay. I'm very sorry. forgettable on this show. As no, our fans you're write not. Lucy no, every you're week, not. they email her, they say, hey, Lucy, Jacqueline and the other guy's great. <laughs> the answer is though even though it's not full James Bond yet, I love this actor so much. Red Grant, played by Robert okay. Shaw, in From Russia with Love.
1: Oh, J- yeah. I mean, Robert Shaw
3: is just—I love that dude so much. And I, and yeah. you got to give it up for Blofeld too, just because he's made so many memorable appearances. I believe starting out with Donald Pleasance playing him, and mm. and they they have not missed casting a Blofeld. They have not missed yet,
2: even with Christopher Waltz.
3: N- not at all. Not at all. All right. No. A lot of
2: people did not like him in that, so I'm, oh. I'm, I'm happy you, to hear you say that.
3: Do you think people didn't
0: like him because the reveal was so badly handled? Like, everyone knew he was Blofeld. It's like, it was almost like the Khan thing with Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. Like, you knew it's Khan. You knew it's Blofeld. You don't cast Christoph Waltz. And it's yeah. kind of like Remy Malik. Like, the thought is that he's Dr. No.
2: Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm.
0: if that's true, but... Yeah, we'll I mean, honestly,
2: I was, with this movie, the, the fact that they have not leaked anything is the right. biggest shock in the world to me. Or anything yeah. leaked has not been concrete the way it was with Spectre. Spectre, I think, was the first time studios realized the power of Reddit.
0: Yeah. It yeah. Because Reddit was out really there, right? broke right.
2: down that entire movie before it happened. No, that's great. Okay, Mark, I'm gonna start with you then on your favorite song. I think I obviously know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask anyway.
3: No, this is tough because I really like I like, um, it's not the best movie. I actually don't like this this movie, but Chris Cornell knocking it out of the park for, yeah. it was it was Quantum of Solace, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You don't know my
2: name, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, no, and it's was. just
3: so great. It, it, Tina Turner, again, introduced it, just seeing that on the big screen and having like little homages to Tina Turner in that opening sequence, but in Goldeneye. But yeah, I'll, I'll go Chris Cornell. I'll go Sorry. That's again. a great my, one. Now that I'm not to That is a great one. Again. Jack, when I'm crashing with you for Thanksgiving. My family will not let me in because I did not take Paul McCartney.
2: I mean, they'll live. Because you don't really love the Paul McCartney <laughs> version. It's like if you don't even like the number one version of this song, I don't think you could pick it as your favorite. So Yeah, I agree my family's going to
3: live, but they're going to let me die. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Um,
2: first of all, Shirley Bassey, the fact that she did two, two James Bond songs. So this is a legend because she did... Diamonds Are Forever yep. and uh, Goldfinger, right?
0: I wanna. I have to double check. I think she did Moonraker too.
2: Did she do Moonraker too? Because I
0: think. Because I think I remember saying she did the best film song, like one of the best known, and <laughs> Moonraker is like. I think she did three. Yeah, she, a, did. Right. Did three. Right. she did. You're right, you're right. Diamonds Are
2: Forever, Goldfinger, and Moonraker. Yeah. You're exactly right. Because if you, you uh, hear so the she,
0: Moonraker, you're like, oh, that's her voice. Yeah.
2: Yes. So she did three. She did yeah. three. Queen, queen, queen. And I don't think you could say anything on, uh, on Moonraker. I can barely remember. But Diamonds Are Forever and Goldfinger, just the way her voice sort of like comes on above those French horns, because that's the deal with for folks that don't know. The James Bond themes are very French horn heavy. Mm-hmm. Um and, and she, like, comes over on that. Also a big up um, to Tina Turner for Goldeneye, but Skyfall is a bop and a mother flip in half. Like, Skyfall is just, like, a perfect, perfect song. Perfect song for that movie because of how dark it is. And it starts with that, like, that cadence descending uh, down the scale. And it just, like, that, like, sets up the whole... Thing because it's like the whole movie it's it's starting in this total dark depressing place and those chords come in man skyfall is bop and a half thank you adele glad you got all the awards for it much much deserved, <laughs> um and a very difficult song to sing very difficult song to sing don't do that when at mm. karaoke kids unless you can own it uh mike what about you
0: Uh, my dog's going nuts because he wants to be a part of this conversation. Give me one. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, the dogs have
2: been very prevalent in this episode. They are not playing.
0: Yeah, he was not having any of that. Uh, For me, it's Sheena Easton, uh, For Your Eyes Only. Okay. I love that song. For some Mm. reason, like, I love, there's a couple that don't have the title of the film in the song, Mm. and it never really bothers me, but so I I have to say For Your Eyes Only. I also love uh, Carly Simon. The, the Spy Who Loved Me. Mm. No. Yeah, The Spy Who Loved Me, right? Oh, I gosh, believe no. Carly Simon was The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, The Spy Who oh. Loved Me. No, am, am I wrong on this? I'm sorry here for a second. The Spy Who Loved Me. It's his, it's, it's Moore's best one. What people view as Moore's best one. Yeah, The Spy Who and Loved that's Me. A, but that's he, a it's um, right there. It's, uh, <laughs> he, nobody Does It Better. There we go. Carly Simon, Nobody, nobody Does It Nobody better. Does It that's Better. Yeah, it, yeah, I was trying to think, because I know it's not the title of the film, which yeah. is such a great film, but I have to say... This is a newer film for me, that, a newer one that I love, is Louis Armstrong. We have all the time in the world. Louis Armstrong, <laughs> that sultry pipes of his. That's a terrible impression of him, but uh, for On uh, Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, yeah. that's was a pretty good Louis. Oh, no, that was a good one. Oh, the time I can't believe I
2: almost forgot. In um, the
0: world.
2: <laughs> The Look <laughs> what a of wonderful Love. One by Dusty Springfield and penned by Burke Bacharach is the song from Casino Royale. Another reason why that movie is great. The look of love. And that song was written because Burke Bacharach saw the dailies from Casino Royale and was like, Ursula Andress looks so fine Mm. and I'm gonna write this song for her. So it was one of the other movies where a lot of these songs I think are written at certain points in the theme yeah. uh, creation, this song was literally written specifically after they saw the film, and they were like, "This is what the film tells me." Because a lot of times with the Bond song, they kind of tell them like, "Hey, this is the plot. This is what's going to happen. Go write a song."
3: Yeah, and Bert showing up in Austin Powers. I know. Yes!
2: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, because like That's I had no nice. idea who
3: he was in, in that mm-hmm. film.
2: Dude, when Bert he pops Bacharach up, but then you
3: look
0: back.
2: Has and like, oh, yeah. the Bops man, him, Barry Manilow, these guys that were like classically chained pianists who then decide to do pop songs. Uh, you guys have no idea like they just understand how to make people fall in love and or feel things. Mm. Uh, since we are talking about faves, uh, we might as well real quick least favorite anybody song. I can't even think of like a song that I really particularly hate.
3: No, none of them really graded on me, even though some of the covers were better uh, years later. But no, uh, I'm, I'm cool with all of the songs. And like, that's what I love about Bond that was started again with Goldfinger is that we just have these cool standalone opening credit sequences that just, it, it shuts the people up in the theater. It locks you into what's going on. I'm done yeah. with my popcorn by the time the sequence is over. And it's just, you're ready for action. You're ready for spy adventure. Yeah, none of them are bad. Like
0: None of them are bad, but I'll
2: give Sam Smith some shade for going up there, accepting his award and thinking he was the first gay man to ever win an Oscar. And I'm like, have <laughs> you seen the Oscars? Have you seen the Oscars? There's a lot of the LGBTQ community yes. heavily represented. Anyway, uh, before we get out of our movie talk section, let's real quick talk about our bond. Um Daniel Craig, this is his swan song. He nearly slit his wrist to make this last movie, apparently, because he didn't want to. There's been a lot of talk about who is gonna come after him. What do we feel about Daniel Craig? Because I feel he had a tall order. Um, People were not about his casting when they found out he was gonna take over in Casino Royale. And I think he dispelled all rumors because even in his worst films, he was never the worst part.
0: No. Um, I uh, What I think about Craig, and again, the internet with its, you know, com and all that stuff that they went to, and those <laughs> people were shut up instantly. Instantly. The, yeah. In the first, the black and white opening, which was the smartest thing they could have done, is to show him. And then that, 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 Saban, uh, S- Sebastian Fouchon, the, the free runner that they do the opening kind of scene with, like to show him doing that. And you see Craig up there on those wires, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that just dispelled everything. But, with Craig, it, and it's it's great to see like they the the producers of Bond were always so smart because they always kind of know the pulse of what's going on. And for for the longest time, Bond was kind of seen as a boys' club. It was you know many people didn't want to see the films. They were never successful as the as the as the uh, Craig films have been billion dollar box office. But Craig opened it up to everyone, like. There were women lining up to see Bond opening weekends as opposed to before. It always felt like eh, that was my dad's thing. Eh, it, it just had a, a weird. And that's just from me talking to, to people. That, but now the, the Craig films, everyone loves them. Young and old, too. They would get younger audiences involved, too, which was yeah. so smart. The, the, the young crowd was never seen as like the 18 to 25 group. Yeah, um, they was, you know, 30s and 40s, older, you know. Uh, so th- it opened up. But the, also a the thing with Craig, and how do you guys feel about this? Where it's like, his are the first films where they're seen as sequential. They, they're not just yeah. standalones. Like, they do follow. And Quantum, I kind of view it as Casino Royale 1.5. Yeah, Like, it is, it's not a standalone film. But if you view it as Casino Royale together, it's like, okay, it makes much more sense. Yeah. Whereas everything before has been very episodic. Like, it's very specific films, sometimes not even mentioning what came before it.
3: I yeah, I felt like a sign of the times for me, too, is like there there has to be a little connective tissue, which I don't necessarily need. I don't have a strong feeling about it one way or another. But the announcement of a new James Bond is the most important thing that you can do making those movies. Same way that we got it with Pierce Brosnan in that first scene. It's like this is who this James Bond is. It, it goes all the way back to Connery showing up and 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 we get the we get the tux under the wetsuit and Mm. now with this daniel craig james bond that open when when they're when he's chasing after that dude on top of you know those buildings it's like what the hell is going on they do owe a nice tip of the cap to paul greengrass and matt damon for they do for born as as far as the action goes but daniel craig seals it in if he opened it up for hey i'm here to stay with that opening sequence he locked that in place with the poker scenes later in that movie yeah. because he's just so good staring him down and just being a Bond that cares, but also cares about the mission more than any one person. And so I just, I feel like he deserves a better send off than what we got with Spectre, where he had like three lines the whole movie. So yeah. I am very excited to see this. And and I just can't imagine being in Mike's shoes Waiting for No Time to Die to come out for eighteen months. This is your <laughs> franchise, and you just keep—they just keep moving the the, the goalpost. You got to be over the moon. This movie's coming out tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Also, I have to say this too with um, with Daniel Craig. Not only did he just exceed all expectations, did things different, but these are all things that threw back to the original Ian Fleming novels, mm-hmm. which I thought was also really great and smart. Um, also, shout out to uh, Ben Wishhall. Who plays Q? I think he's yeah. a great Q. My one of my favorite scenes is the two of them together, um, looking at that boat. And he's just like, you know, youth does not necessarily, you know, equate innovation. And he's just like, you know, I could do more in my shorts before I've had my morning <laughs> Earl Grey than you can an entire week in the field. It's just, it's great seeing their back and forth of the nerds versus the jocks of uh, intelligence. Anyway. Let's go ahead and transition over to the behind the scenes talk because we really do need to talk about what's next, specifically who's next and maybe where we're gonna go with our next James Bond as this is the last with Daniel Craig. Brian, cue the music. I'm just gonna go ahead and go to this. Who do we want? Cause there's been so many rumors, I think, about who's gonna be the next James Bond, why, who, what, when, where. So real quick, Mike, any yes. thoughts on who you think should be James Bond? Because I have a, a good one.
0: Uh, my two gut reactions originally were Richard Madden. Um, I watched him. Yeah. He 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 was in the. I, I first saw him in the H uh, in the BBC show Bodyguard, and when I watched that, I was like, oh, that could be Bond. Uh, I like Jamie Dornan for him. Um, I, I for, for the longest time, I wanted Idris Elba. But now I feel he's, I don't want to say he's getting too old because I don't think age, when it comes to that, matters. I don't think
2: it's age, but I just feel like he doesn't even want to He's
0: so out there now. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to find, like, a young Idris Elba type. Like, oh, I, I have him. no problem. Like, I, I love Craig. If you guys saw that recently, he, he came out and said about a woman being Bond. And, and yeah. some some clickbait headlines are switching. It's like, Daniel Craig says a woman shouldn't be Bond. But he's not saying that. He says it. It's like, no, we need to make a great character that would be Bond one day for them. Yes, and I've always felt exactly. that way. I've always felt like, stop trying, like, and no actress wants to go, like, I'll be female Bond and call yeah. me Jane Bond. No, I want to be, like they did with Jinx, and they created the character of Jinx. And yeah. we create a character like um, Lorraine Broughton in Atomic Blonde. Create those great characters. So, um, but for, like, people talk Henry Golding. I could see it. Um, I could see that one. I that, think he's yeah. a. Little, I don't want to say I don't want to say too pretty. I hate saying that about a guy and and discrediting them a lot because he's so handsome and and but it was the, it, the guy from Bridgerton, Reggie,
2: Reggie uh-huh. Jean Page. Yeah. and that's the one I'm going for. I could see jean him. Page. I see him. Absolutely could see him. him. We gonna see him. Yeah, Listen, I could definitely see that. I think that's the main reason why he wouldn't come back for season two. On top of the fact that they weren't paying him, is <laughs> he? They're not paying him. That that show is not made like that. And. Yeah he more than anybody in recent memory has been somebody who i'm like this dude looks like a movie star he clearly can act but he's yeah. just not been in anything that has made him into a movie star i want to see him as james bond i think he would be perfect and, and bring everything you need to that. i
0: love the fact that he doesn't have and like craig wait and god we think about it now like he's been bond the longest mm, it's been a what, long time 16 years now almost but when he wow. first came on he wasn't well-known. He had Layer Cake. He had uh, Road to Perdition, but he wasn't well-known. So we need an actor. I think the, the actor, the role makes the actor. We don't need a superstar. We don't need a big name.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, so that Reggie, he's at that point now where a lot of people do know him, but he's not a megastar yet. And he this will make the role that kind of takes him off.
2: Got 15 years from film release years. and 16
4: yeah. years from casting. Yeah, that's a
2: long, long time. And Daniel
4: had a big career too as a, te- like a detective in British TV. I know this because yeah. my mom oh. and I used to watch him before he was famous. Same yeah. with Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> yeah. on these like, Masterpiece theater, or like <laughs> Masterpiece BBC theater. shows. Yeah. So he had this whole career beforehand and then he exploded. International yeah. the one Man I, of Mystery.
2: The one I knew him from is The Fortunes and Misfortunes of Maul Flanders, which starred Alexandra Kingsley. She was like on ER, but she was also like a pretty famous oh, British yeah, yeah. actor and he was in that. But like, yeah, dude was like acting pretty regularly on the like BBC stuff throughout the 90s and then became like Bond. which yep. was interesting and his wife is awesome because he's married to Rachel Weiss and I like couples where it's like That's not the first thing you know about them <laughs> um Also, uh, what about you mark? Where do you think it's gonna go?
3: Um, George went norm from cheers I th- because that's who bond <laughs> okay, actually is. okay it, it, He's the guy who's been drinking for the last I don't know 60 years That's who you should cast as James Bond. If we can't get Norm from Cheers, then I would say this is going to upset Mike a little bit because he might want this guy to play another role. Henry Cavill, I think, would just be so cool. He was great in The Man from U.N.C.L.E. He was great in Mission Impossible. Is he too shredded to be James Bond? Is he too super to be James Bond? Mike, do you want him to be Superman again more than James Bond? I think the ship
0: has sailed for Cavill as Bond. Like, cause really? he he tested for it, but with, with, with Craig around the Craig time, they looked at him, but he was way too young. Um, I think he's Superman. He's the witcher, you know, the Netflix show he's known yeah. for that with geek communities. Like he's it. And I thought he's got another spy thing that's involved, like another, um, not spy, I mean, he thing, was, but another like franchise he's now being talked about. I think, I think Cal will be great. Um. I yeah. mean, guys, look at Mission Impossible.
3: How good he was in that film. Yes, he was great when he when, when he primes the guns for a fight. Of course, Henry I Golding, think this, I, I, I think, I think, think is he's a great too much choice. now. Yeah, Idris Elba, I'd be so up for Idris Elba. He, I don't care how how old he is. Right. I think that I, I think you can work around that. But yeah, I, I I might prefer somebody that is just because look, Daniel Craig proved you don't have to be a big name and you can have a lot of animosity at the time of casting and you can still be a great Bond because when 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 Pierce Brosnan was cast, everybody universally is like, duh, like that's yeah. the guy. And yeah. we don't really have that one front runner yet. So it's no. going to be interesting to see how they do it. And maybe No Time to Die kind of gives us a little insight as to how they might be feeling. Yeah. So
2: there's somebody who I love because of their voice. And there's another person who I love because I think they'd be great, but I don't think they will. And there's somebody that the internet is just obsessed with. So I'm going to give these names just because they're out there. Jamie Dornan. Mr. Fifty Shades of Grey. He's definitely one that's out out there on the list. This one is me, Richard Armitage, who folks may not know him. Good choice. He is. He played one of the dudes in uh, The Hobbit. He played one. Yeah, he played the handsome one in that. He's and anyone who's read romance novels, uh, sorry, listened to romance novels on (laughs) uh, Audible for the past decade, he is the finest voice in romance. And oh. like Shakespearean adaptation, his voice drops more panties than a Luther Vandross concert. Let me tell you, <laughs> it is l- ridiculous. And then the last one um, is uh, what's his face? I can't think of names now. And I'm like losing my mind. Uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson from uh, Kick-Ass. Oh, okay. Yes, him. He's young. He's got the blues. He's got the dark. He He looks good in a suit. But his wife and him have an agreement that they could only do one movie a year. So like one of them works, one of them doesn't. One of them works, one of them doesn't. And a James Bond, you're signing up to do like six films. That was the reason why he got killed off (sighs) so quickly in the MCU. Like Literally, that's why is because they didn't want him signed up for more multiple movies. And I think he's already signed up. Potentially for something else, where he might be doing another movie. So putting again,
3: true love over a career—what kind of crazy world do we live in? It's
2: true love and kids. He's the father of like three, I think. Oh my god! Yeah, like they have like kid kids, and he had oh, started having kids so at like twenty-four, which I'm just like, how?
3: Oh, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like more work than being James Bond. You know what? It, rather than having three kids, I would, I would, I would do hopscotch on crocodiles all day long. <laughs> If it got me out of being a father, because I'm going to go to the comedy store and do a set tonight. And all I have to do is give that little puppy a treat. And I am clear for the next three hours.
2: Exactly. Um, Any of the Mark Hoffmeyer researcher gave us some really great tidbits. Anybody got anything from that that they thought was interesting? I kind of gave mine with Lazenby and just what they went through to try and make him into a bond.
0: Yeah. It's funny with the Lazenby thing because he was a, a model for like a chocolate. Yeah, chocolate brand, and and he wanted to kind of get into acting, and like I think I think he was he was getting a haircut where um, uh, Cubby Broccoli gets his haircut, and the guy was Cubby's like that guy looks like he could be James Bond, mm-hmm. and then just through kinds of events, he kind of lied his way into meeting Broccoli. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, okay, we're gonna screen test you, and he goes to the director's like, I don't know how to act. I've never acted before in my life. I I was lying mm-hmm. the whole time. I because I, he lied. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was in some Japanese films, and I did this, and I did. And they're like, oh, okay. And he had to do a screen test and he didn't know how to act. Yeah. So he kind of lied
3: his way through it. The story yeah, that you mentioned there is with fantastic and it's fascinating. Fake it till you make it, kids. There's also a great story about Connery getting cast because I think it was Broccoli and Saltzman who were the producers... Because Eon Productions was brand new, and so they sort of won the rights to do Dr. No. And then they were interviewing James Bonds, and they had Connery. They met Connery for lunch. They didn't really want to meet him for lunch, but they met him. And he shows up, and he's kind of disheveled, and like maybe he'd been out having a fun night the night before. (laughs) But he won them over. During the lunch enough, just because of his mere presence, it was sort of like a how we in America might have think of like Burt Reynolds around that time where it shows up and he's just got this masculine entity about him and they cast him. They locked it in. They're watching through the window because Connery gets up to leave first. He's walking to his car and they said he walked like a jungle cat. And that is what got him the role. So, fellas, if you're out there, you want to make it in Hollywood, (laughs) walk on all fours like you're Bagheera. Prancing Ugh. through the Jungle Book. That's how you do it.
0: Wow. The, I'm
2: digging that one.
0: It's funny you say that, Mark, because a lot of people they talk about on his films, like when he enters a room, like he had an air of violence about him. Like mm. there was just this like you didn't yeah. know what he was, he was going to pounce. And, and I think that's why people love Connery. And I, and I do respect that. I know I said Connery's is my least favorite. But uh, kind of like overall, as I was saying, like for me, Bond, it's like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Like I, I don't yeah. have a Bond film where I'm like, "That's awful." Casino Royale, probably, and that's why I don't include it uh, as canon. Mm. I don't. For me, when I think of Bond, I don't include Never Say Never. I Ag- Never Say Never Again in Casino Royale okay. because they're not made by Eon
3: Productions, and it's just kind of. The stupid thing, I think, but but yeah, when we ne- ask like when we ask Schmodan Blast questions <laughs> about Bonds now, like I think sometimes we have to say if it's like not counting David Niven's Casino yeah. Royale, how many or not counting, not counting again, yeah. how many have there been? So you do have to acknowledge those, even if you're just asking a trivia question. Like my favorite trivia nugget in all of Bond is who drinks the most, and it's far and away Daniel Craig. Yeah. he so, is chugging he left and yeah. right. He leaves he leaves Connery and Moore almost combined in the dust. That guy knows how to party, but he also knows how to solve a mission.
2: Yeah. Also, let's be honest, Skyfall, half of that movie storyline was just for the fact that he was drunk and couldn't shoot. So that is character development, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We're going to go ahead and get out of our movie talk because we still have to rip open our mailbag. So let's go ahead and take a peek at what you guys have sent this week. All right. From the Ketchup Crew member, Sherman Culliver. I'm going to hope I got that right. Hello, RT. Fan of the podcast. I always thought the Book of Eli was rated too low. Can you please talk about this? Sir, I can give you a 20-page thesis on why you are correct, sir. Hughes Brothers, Book of Eli, Denzel, and Mila Kunis. I love, love, love that movie. And Gary. I'm in. Yeah. Let's do
3: it. We need Bukavilla. to do this.
2: D- Denzel's got a movie coming up, too. He's got Macbeth.
3: He's got Macbeth on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in to do Book of Eli because that poor guy is walking around a very dusty, dystopian, apocalyptic setting. And all he's got to bathe is one little wet nap for like I mean, a month.
2: And Mila Kunitz, you know, before she was known for not bathing her kids, was not bathing in this movie.
3: Shut up, Meg. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut right there. <laughs> it's I know. a good, it's a good
1: line.
2: No, I good really line. want to do this movie. I love this movie. It's such a great movie. Let's it's do got it. some great Al Green in it. Mike, have you seen Book of Eli? I have. I have. I and it. I what
0: I love about that film is this, the the reveal was not spoiled for me.
2: Yes. Yeah. Not at
0: all. I love that. I love was it, I think it was Jennifer Beals popping up in there.
2: Yeah. Um Yeah. Oh yeah. She plays, everything yeah. about that
0: film. I love films that I go into that I don't know much about. I'm like, okay, it's Denzel, let's go see it. And I love him. I love that things don't get spoiled and you don't uh you know, you go in I don't want to say low expectations, but you have no expectations. You have no idea what you're gonna get, and it turns out being phenomenal. Yeah. And yeah. You I love Gary seeing Denzel Oldman. kick ass. He's great yeah. in those. Oh, like, and Gary Oldman playing stuff.
2: a villain, let's be honest. Gary Oldman
0: yeah. hamming it up a little bit. I oh, love and the, how about that family? The old the old couple they go visit?
2: Yeah. Oh yes. Man. Oh my gosh, very, I like a good dystopian tale to begin with, but also any movie where Gary Oldman is slightly sinister or just downright sinister, again, it's like Sean Bean dying. You're not gonna probably be going wrong. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Sherman, thank you for your recommendation. I'm gonna see if we can make that happen. Producy Lucy's giving me, like, I think the slight thumbs up. So let's see if we can do it. Uh, Mike, yes. thank you so much for joining us again, sir. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you. Why don't you let us know what you're working on, what you may have coming up?
0: Yes, uh, I'm appearing in this season of Impeachment American Crime Story. Um, my I just come started out. it
3: last night. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't
0: talk about what I'm doing in it, but I'm. I guess because it's now announced that I can say I'm in it. Oh, um,
2: nice. that's very uh,
3: cool. awesome.
0: I think so, hopefully we'll still be in it.
3: Can I? <laughs> can I guess who you play?
2: Sure. I think he's probably a Secret Service agent.
3: I'm going. I was going to go Kenneth Starr no. Kenneth Starr.
2: He is too no. fine for Kenneth Starr <laughs> no. they, they can,
3: <laughs> Did you see Clive Owen as Bill Clinton? They, oh, they yeah. can put makeup on people, Jack. I never. The, I did not. I didn't.
0: I can't say who I worked with either because oh, okay. it's weird like i signed nds but i'm like now that it's out i can do that but like yeah. imdb hasn't updated yet so I all right but all i'm right. it's i'm in it that's open that's, and but also big. like the thing i hired about like I, I still can't talk too much about it but i am i was hired during pa- the uh, pandemic uh by a publisher to write a james Bond book
1: yeah. um, myself oh. and
0: another uh, author we are co-authoring a book together we've spent uh, the better part of the covid year quarantine in this um, we kept waiting for "No Time to Die" to release to kind of cover the book and make sure we we're in it. So we're getting close. Uh, I can't wait to talk more about it. And the, for me, the goal of the book, there's I've I pretty read every Bond book out there, and I love all of them. And there's so many like in depth day by day the making of every film. But for me, what we wanted to separate our book was it's a love letter to Bond and why we love Bond, but also it's for people that kind of feel Bond might have been gatekept by some people, and not in a bad way, but just like. It was so many years of history, I don't know what to get where to catch up, or or they might have just kind of come into Bond. So it's me kind of sharing my love and hopefully it was infectious enough that people will want to rediscover Bond. Um, because it's Have you
3: seen No Time to Die?
0: No, I'm not. Okay. No, no, I'm not. I don't, I'm not a screener. I don't review, I don't get early screenings, and I don't want to watch it on a
3: screen or at home. I want to see it in a big in the big screen. I got my tickets already. I'm with nice. you there. And Jacqueline, I have it on good authority. This is a rumor I can now confirm. The title of Mike's upcoming bond book is Why the Living Daylights is Better Than Goldfinger. That's, that's the name. That's that's the actual title. So pick that up. It's already at Amazon's worst seller list. Wow. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I remember you telling me about it like, yeah, like first like and, and very in broad strokes. And so I feel
0: like every show I've been on, I'm like, yeah, I got something I'm working on, but we're getting to the point where I can t-. and I'm like the publisher was smart because we were like, when can we start talking about this? And she's like, we'll wait till about three or four months before the book comes out you don't want to burn Mm -hmm. people out and if that was the true we've been talking about it for almost a year and a half now so (laughs) they were smart so awesome i can't wait to share more i can't wait it's such a it's such bond i love bond i love bond so much and love to share it with people
2: awesome all right well i will be on the lookout for both impeachment and bond if you could really quickly give us a recommendation though sir of something that folks should be watching because we know that you are in the know
0: right now Uh uh-huh Oh gosh. Well, you know what helped? I'm going to throw it out there because it was kind of trashy, but I got hooked the minute I sat down. Uh, Sex Life.
4: I heard about this on
0: Netflix. Like, my girlfriend was watching two episodes. I walk in the door. She goes, Wait, I got to explain what I'm watching. I was like, (laughs) What is this? So I sat down (laughs) and I got hooked.
2: That's I think good.
0: Sarah Shahi, I believe is how you say her last name. I have no idea. But I heard um, it's
2: I heard it's addictive. I heard it's good. It it's was addictive, like top trending. It's, yeah.
0: It's uh, uh yeah, it's a uh, it was fun to watch. It was very fun to watch. I can't imagine being the actors doing it, but hey, Giddy up. Uh, but it was something. But it was, it made me watch all the
3: episodes. I sat down and sex watched all the episodes life on Netflix. Yeah. Huh. Sex well, life. my sex life is kind of like pennywise where it shows up like once every 26 years, but oh my God.
0: I'll check it out. I thought you'd be check in the
3: drain. Telling girls, like, hey, come on.
2: I'm going to say this to our podcast (laughs) listeners. Do not let Mark fool you. He is a road-touring comedian, and that is all I will say. If you see
3: a red balloon...
2: Hey, Georgie. Georgie. (laughs) Hey, Georgie. Georgie. All right. All right. We're going to get out of here. Um, Again, folks, if you want to be like Sherman and give us a recommendation, please email us at Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. Again, that is RT is wrong at Rotten Tomatoes. Also, like, subscribe, follow, rate, and review wherever you are listening to this podcast. And Mark, next week, what do we have, sir? Uh,
3: It's the Scream franchise. So get your Jiffy Pop ready. Get ready to see a lot of slashing, a lot of killing, some chuckles, some meta in there. But it is the entire Scream franchise where I might have a spicy take on Scream 3. So tune in next week.
2: Yeah. And I have a spicy take on Scream 2. Still mad about some aspects of that movie. And it's probably not what you think. All right. Dab. That's a tease for next week. We'll see you guys here on Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. Also, again, a big thanks to Mr. Brian Perez, producing Lucy, Mr. Mark Ellis, Mark Hoffmeyer, and of course, our View Curation Manager, Mr. Tim Ryan. I'm Jacqueline Coley, and we'll see you guys next time.
4: Look around. You can find cars like these on
3: Auto Trader.